Uh, today we're going to be talking about fasting. First, a bit about myself before we go into it. My name is Theo. Um, I've, I'm 17 years old. I've been at Riverside for approximately 14 of those years, and I'm doing, I'm doing A-levels. I'm doing maths, chemistry, physics, and further maths A-levels. I would ask to talk to you about fasting today. I've got three points here from the uh, verse we've already heard, uh, namely, what did it mean for Jesus slash the church through history? What does it mean to us now? And tackling it and enjoying success with it in today's world. Firstly, we have, what does it mean for Jesus slash the church through history? Obviously, I've only been alive for 17 years, so uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough to not been too hungry. But I do know that having become a teenager, you kind of start eating for the sake of eating, really. And it's, it's, all, it's good, but uh, it's not, yeah, like I say, that's good. Uh, so, uh, just briefly about this. So, um, before I go into this point, every, every year, um, Andy King, the youth pastor at Riverside, he likes to take all the youth on a, a Christian festival called Soul Survivor. It's, just, it's five days camping in a muddy field. It, it's good if the weather's good, and it's not good if the weather's not good, obviously. Um, so, but whenever I go, I like to buy a little wristband. You can buy them around the place. They're all over the stuff. And this, uh, so last year, oh, not last year, a couple of years ago, I bought one which had this acronym on it. Um, WWJD, which of course stands for good, Martin's on, on phone today. So yeah, what would Jesus do? And I think that when we look at fasting uh, within a Christian context, this is really important because Jesus did it. I know it sounds trivial, but hear me out. So when we look at uh, what Jesus' lifetime uh, through the scriptures in the New Testament, uh, he, he he did, he obviously did lots of crazy things, miracles and all stuff. He went to a lot of parties, though. He did a lot of celebrating. We've just had celebrating as the last few series. Um, so it's up to the point where he was described as a glutton and a drunk, um, which, is, which, is, which is one aspect of his life. It wasn't actually a glutton and a drunk. But, um, but he also, we also had periods of time uh, during his life when he was withdrawn, from, when he withdrew from people, and he would pray and be with the Holy Spirit and fast. Um, so the one, we've, uh, one of them, one of the best examples is just after he's baptized uh, and he goes into the desert for 40 days and he fasts. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is that when we look at fasting, the first thing I'm going to put to you is that in a Christian life, we balance having the celebration and the quiet. And so fasting, I think, is a great way to tap into that quiet aspect of things because you refer, before you fast, you can reflect upon what you already have with your life, what you brought to the table for God. And you can say, right, I'm going to take one thing out of my physical needs. I'm going to take thing, one thing out of my, it would be it food, food being the classic example, and hopefully in the hope that it will accentuate my spiritual self, and hopefully I can find a way in which I can improve it in the absence of that physical need. And so this is really nicely, it's quite easy to do this in the quiet, in the space. Um, and so that is good, and I encourage you to do that. Next slide. Yeah, right. Who has read this book? Hands up. Show of hands. Who's read this book? Um, I, I read this book when I was about 13, 14 years old, and for the people who know it, it's pretty harrowing. <laughs> so uh, it's, it, yeah, it wasn't fun. But uh, regardless, uh, essentially, just to sum it up, a chap in communist China uh, I think it's the 1950s, um, he had a big revelation from God and he went on a big mission and he, he saved lots of people. And because it's communist China, he was put in prison. Uh, he was caught and put in prison. And uh, in that prison, he was brut brutally you know, tortured by people and beaten up by the guards and it wasn't very pleasant. Um, but 
he started a fast in the prison. And let me tell you, he fasted for 74 days, which is impressive. And obviously, I'm not talking about a fast in the sense that, you know, when you fast during daylight hours and then you break a fast at midnight. I'm talking he didn't eat anything or drink anything for 24 hours, day straight, for 74 days, uh, which is, firstly, it's biologically a miracle. Um, but secondly, it requires a willingness to... I'm not... Just to clear something up briefly, sorry. I'm not saying that we should go and do 74-day fasts because I'd get into a lot of trouble. <laughs> so uh, what I'm saying is, in order to successfully you know, gain grow, or grow spiritually, I encourage you all to have some willingness about it if you're going to apply this discipline. Uh, so to, just to put it in another, another sense, just to help you, uh, while I was doing some research for this talk, there, aha, I came across this quote, uh, which says, uh, Willingly Going Without by Martin Saunders. And this is, a great, this is a great way of putting it. It's summing up fasting in one way. Um, but I haven't actually... That's actually another... Sorry, I'm very disorganised. Ah, yes, here we are. But this, this complements another verse that I've come across whilst doing some research, which goes like this. Prioritising what our spirit needs over what our body wants. And I think that these two ideas go hand in hand because it's different... It's, Describing the same principle here, but it's looking at them at different point of views. We might say fasting could be willingly going without. Namely, you know, we have to make a sacrifice. We have to be willing. We have to try and focus and put our energy and, you know, have some sort of direction with uh, this fasting here. But God sees it as a prioritization Merely, just a mere prioritization. I say mere. That's not. It's not it's a bit misleading. But a prioritization of what our spirit needs, <laughs> over what our spiritual life requires, and just kind of giving the physical aspects of life that we, admittedly, as a Western country, that we all like to focus on a bit. Just giving that, you know, just letting that, you know, slide for a little bit, if you know what I mean. So. And that's what I encourage you to do, is I encourage you to look at it in this way of a prioritization, and I would hope, I mean, for me, it would, hopefully, it would in, encourage some willingness, you know, it, would, it wouldn't be like a slog or a burden, if, because, I, I mean, I'm going to talk to you and say, oh, it's, you've got to be willing, but ultimately, if you're going to successfully be willing and do this, you're going to have to find out the way for yourself. And so I'm putting a way forward in which you could do that, it's mere changing of the point of view. Uh, and so... I encourage you to be willing about this. Uh, but also, start small. I don't want you to go on, like I said, I don't want you to go on 74-day fast. So w w not only would I get into trouble, as I've said, but it wouldn't work, I don't think. <laughs> um, so, yeah, start small. You know, if you want to just go for an hour a day, or it depends on what you do. If, if you're going to strip something out of your life that's, that you do quite regularly, you know, on a, like, a, like every minute or something like that, I don't know. But then I would go for, say, an hour, or, and then you can extend it out to two hours, etc. But if it's food, you know, you can start with a day and then increase that depending on what you do. You know, tailor it to what's best for you, I'd say. But in summary, willing. That's the important thing. Right, next. What does it mean for us now? What I mean by this is, in what, what have we, what, from what we've read, what can we contextualize about it in today's society? How can we apply it across? Um, now, to talk, to talk about this a little bit, I've got another Oh, no, I've got another snazzy quote. There we are. A tangible reminder that we are devoted. And I think this is really, really important when we're looking at fasting as well, because it will require an aspect of devotion. 
simply because if you're stripping something out of your life that you've had, possibly had for you know, quite a while, you know, like the food you saw, for example, if, you, if you obviously we eat every day, when you take food out of your life, you're going to be hungry. And with that hunger, it's going to come a temptation to eat. And that's when it gets difficult to continue with the fast. Um, so in order, to, in order for us to, you know, succeed with the fast, by which I mean, you know, grow spiritually with God in the time of fasting, we have to have a firm foundation upon which we will rest upon and rely upon when the storms come. And this leads me to the, uh, the punchline, if you will. Uh, it's about a sense of love and not duty when we're doing this fasting. We're doing this fasting because of the good news that Jesus brings, that we are saved from our sins through his sacrificial love on the cross. You know. And that brings it home. And the devotion part, you can look at it in two ways. You can say, yeah, I'm going to do this fast because I want, to show, I want to show God how devoted I am to him, that I'm willing to get rid of something in my life just to be with him, spend my, be it spending more time with him, or just to show him that you know, you've got that love for him. But it also works the other way, as I've said, in that we actually kind of need the devotion as well because otherwise it's not going to go well. So that is something I challenge you with. When we take upon the fast, we're going to have to use this devotion, but it's also a good way of showing it. Tackling it and advancing forward. Uh, so what, I'm, what I mean by that is how we go, by which means are we going to go about... So I'm just going to reread the verse for you before just to emphasize the point here. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I think the main point for this here, quite simply, is just, just to get on with it, really, you know. It's about humility. This is what Jesus is, he, Jesus is talking about, is humility. He says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others. Take an example. If you're fasting from food today, which is the obvious example, and you're, you go for a family meal out, and it's a pub lunch, you know, we all love pub lunches, and it's some, what your, your mate or your brother, your mate, know, your brother gets a ham, ham, ham egg and chips, a, a, very, a very tasty ham egg and chips, and you're really, really hungry. If you start saying things like, oh, I really love that, I really fancy some of that nice food you got there, oh, I'd fancy some of that chocolate cake or whatever, and if you're letting everybody know that you're fasting, then what's the point? What's the point? Because you're, you're saying, you're, you feel like, you feel like you're, you're saying this to the people, and you, I, I would challenge that. If someone, did that, if someone was doing that, I'd challenge that, saying, why are you saying that? Why do you feel the need to say that? And they might say, oh, you know, because I've got to, you know, I've got to show my devotion. I've got to get the God points uh, in, informally. But I'm saying, well, Jesus says that the Father knows what's done. He knows what's being, you know, is that right? It says, yeah. So you are but only your Father who is unseen, you know, he, he sees what's done in secret, yeah. So there's no need to go about saying to people, oh, look, I'm great. I'm doing all these great things. I'm a really spiritual person. Firstly, because A, God sees it, and B, because the Pharisees did it. And we know what happens to the Pharisees. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, so that's my, second, my third and final part, is to go about doing this in a humble manner. 
um, which can and it can be difficult as well, depending on what you're doing. That will it, it might be quite challenging to be humble. Obviously, like I said depending on what you're doing, but I would still encourage you nonetheless to put every effort into it. And you know, he sees what he's done in secret will reward you. Yeah, does that mean yeah? The father who's seen yeah, done reward you. Very good. Right. So humility. That is the third point. So in summary, I leave you with this: willing, devoted and humility. Can we as a church try and incorporate these ideas when we're fasting? Can we as a church look over our current, you know, our current selves, you know, without making excuses or without explanations and saying, you know, are are we doing these things when we fast? Are we fasting even, you know? So I'm going to leave you with that.